Hey y'all, and welcome to the What's Not Seen podcast. So it's been a minute again, no surprise, but I did want to hop on because I've been reflecting on some life lessons that I have, just the light bulb has went off and I want to share them with any young women or even men, but specifically young women that, you know, are just starting out in life and may need some guidance because I'm 30. So, you know, I, I feel like I have a little bit of knowledge. I've gone through a few experiences, so I would like to share them with you. My first life lesson, I'm going to hop right into it, is that, well, I'll just start off with, I recently got married and it Marriage is not what I thought it was. So before I continue on, um, I just want to share some verses on what marriage is and what that union should look like and what it represents. So first of all, 1 Corinthians 7-9 in the ESV version says, but if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. So marriage is a good thing. You know, if you have passion for another person, then you should get married so that your passion is expressed in a godly way and instead of turning that passion into a sin. So marriage is a good thing to start off with. The next thing It says, let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. So that's just another, you know, support for marriage and sex and that sex in marriage is good. Sex outside of marriage leads to sin and just the whole, well, basically, yeah, it leads to sin and sin leads to death. So let that be what it is for you. (laughs) Um, And that second um, verse was Hebrews, excuse me, 13.4. 1 Peter 3.7 in the ESV version is again, like they all are. It says, likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel since they are heirs with you for the of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered so the part that gets me of is live with your wives in an understanding way your husband should be understanding to your needs and wants and your thoughts and just who you are as a person And that your husband should show honor to you. The Bible says that showing honor to the woman. Because we are heirs with our husbands of the grace of life. And if your husband is not understanding and showing honor, then it says in the Bible, 1 Peter 3, 7, that his prayers are going to be hindered. So that is an extremely important aspect of marriage. God does not want us to have husbands who don't care about us and don't listen to anything we say and are not supportive of us and honor us too. Now, another thing is 
um, that it's a people always throw up that a woman should submit to her husband. And it does say that. Okay. In Ephesians 5, 24, it says now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. But also Ephesians 5, 21. Okay. Just a few verses before that says submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. All right. Now, and the word submit, okay, that does not mean lay down like a dog and let your husband control every single thing. That's not what submitting means. It means to accept or yield to a superior force or to the authority or will of another person. And that is according to the Oxford Language Dictionary. All right. So... I think of that as, you know, if my husband feels strongly about something, I, we can have opinions. It doesn't say don't have an opinion. You know, don't let your concerns be noted and just shut up and let people walk all over you. No, that's not what that says. But in the end, after you express those concerns, you do have to accept that your husband is your husband and that in, according to the Bible, he's the head of the household. And that he has the final say. He's the leader of your family. So that's my stance on submitting. Okay, it doesn't mean you can't talk and express anything. And that doesn't mean that the man should walk all over you. Because in submitting to your husband at the same time, he should be honoring you as well and being understanding of you. So it it's like a circle. It goes both ways. It's not we're giving and taking here. It's not just one person benefiting off of the marriage. It's a mutual thing. And what I mean it when I say that something that I've learned is marriage is not what I thought it was, is that in submitting, I'm used to being on my own. And having the final say over myself, if I'm going to be blunt, I don't like being told what to do. Even if I'm wrong, <laughs> I still don't like being told what to do. Just being honest. And that is something that I've really struggled with in my marriage is submitting to my husband and, you know, expressing my concerns in a respectful, feminine way and accepting and submitting to him when he expresses what he feels is best for our family and our lives. So that's life lesson number one is that, you know, submitting is not a bad thing. It's actually beneficial. It's biblical, but it's also a two-way thing that it's not all one-sided. My husband doesn't just get to use that word submission as a way to get his way all the time and do everything he wants. It's not going to work like that. And it's not supposed to work like that. You know, I should feel loved and honored and understood in the marriage as well. So, and another thing about marriage, you know, there are a lot of men who are a quote unquote mama's boys. And in um, Ephesians 5 31 
says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So when you're married, it's not a party of three, you know, the wife, the husband and his mama or, you know, his family, whoever, his brother, his sister, his family, whatever it is. Now, we still love them and honor our parents, but it's myself and my husband. We come first. Our union comes first before what anyone else thinks or says or what they need, because now we are one. So we need to do what's best for us. All right. That was my first life lesson. My second life lesson is that you need to, you control your happiness and in the same aspect of that is that you need to take care of yourself. So you control your happiness and you need to take care of yourself. No one is going to love you and do for you like you for you. And I know that sounds kind of weird and it's like, wait, what? Like how? No, people can love you and support you and build you up. Yes. But there is no love like self-love. Okay. And it's also biblical to love yourself. All right. Let me backtrack because I just remembered some more um, scriptures that I saved regarding marriage. Okay, so I'm just going to read these really fast and then I'll move on to my second point. I am so sorry, but these are really good. So I want to share them. All right. So it says, so how I was going back with um, the respect thing that you don't, husbands should not use submission as a way to walk all over their wives. Ephesians 528 in the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Ephesians 5.23, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and is himself its savior. So, um, you know, be it what it is, sometimes that's hard, you know, a struggle for me that the husband is the head over me. I'm no longer the head of my over myself because I have decided to make the choice to join in a union of marriage. So if you want a biblical marriage, that is a pill you're going to have to swallow when you do get married. You're not the head over yourself. Your husband is. Ephesians 5:22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. So with me, it's a strong pill for me to swallow submitting to my husband sometimes. I'm not going to lie. But if I think that, you know what, this is biblical. I'm doing this for God, the bigger picture, for my soul, to please my Savior in Christ, the one who died for me. I'm doing this unto him, to please him and not this man that's flawed, you know, that makes mistakes as well, just like I do. It's easier to submit. Ephesians 5.25 Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Okay, it tells the man to love his wife so many times. Ephesians 5.33, however, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. It's repeated over and over. Husbands, love your wives. Husbands, love your wives. So in a biblical marriage, 
wife, woman, you should feel the love from your husband. That will make you want to submit to your husband. When I feel loved by my husband and I know that he is, you know, loving me as himself and sacrificing for me. It says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Your husband should be giving of himself for you. When my husband is working hard for me, that makes me feel loved. I know that he's sacrificing his body, his time, because he loves me and our family. That makes me want to yield to him and listen to the things that he has to say. And maybe it's contrary to what my opinion, but say, you know what? You're sacrificing for us. I see that you truly care and you really do love us. So you know what? You lead. You take control because I trust you because I feel the love that you have for me and I feel safe with you. Those are all biblical. Now, um, going back to loving yourself. All right. And taking um, control or no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I lost my train of thought controlling your happiness and taking care of yourself all right ecclesiastes 5:18 it says behold what i have seen to be good and fitting is to eat and drink and find enjoyment in all the toil with which one toils under the sun the few days of his life that god has given him for this is his lot proverbs 15:15 15, 15. all the days of the afflicted are evil but the cheerful of heart has a continual feast. Ecclesiastes 3, 12. I perceived that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Ecclesiastes 5, 20. For he will not much remember the days of his life because God keeps him occupied with joy in his heart. Can you control your happiness? It is your choice to be joyful. Okay. It doesn't say that you'll only remember the good days of your life because the, you'll only remember the joyful days of your life. No, it says you won't remember the days because you will have joy, not in your memories, but in your heart. There's a difference between being finding happiness in your surroundings and what you're doing and having happiness and joy in your heart. You are in control of that. Okay. Ecclesiastes doesn't say, or 518 doesn't say only the richest people will be happy. Those who have a house full of things and a big immaculate, you know, perfect house and the biggest, best cars and the most beautiful hair, skin and nails. Only those people will be happy. No, which, what, you know, is the enjoyment in life? Eating, drinking, your work, the work that you do. Find enjoyment in these things. Because that's our lot. That's what we do here. We eat, we drink, we work. So it's your job to find happiness in those things. Okay. Psalm 16.5. There is nothing better for a person than that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toll toil okay we should find happiness in the things that we are called to do 
Okay, if you're miserable with your job, I'm not saying stay in a job that you hate and that you're miserable. Find a job that you can enjoy, that you find enjoyment doing while you're still here because such is life. Eat, drink, work. Okay, I'm not trying to make it sound depressing. <laughs> okay, you can find enjoyment in that. And it's not saying to be a glutton and just eat to eat. No, we're eating for sustenance, which is, t you know, taking care of yourself, taking care of your body. Okay. But we're eating to nourish ourselves so that we feel good. When you feel good, you can have joy and happiness. Whenever I eat things that I should not be eating, I feel horrible and I have no joy and I'm miserable and I hate everything. <laughs> so it's not eating, just eat and stuff your face and be fat. No, we're eating in all things glory into God. So I need to work on that myself. I'm preaching to myself. Okay. I'm not judging you, pointing fingers at you. I'm pointing them at myself, talking to myself here. Okay. Miss eat three, four cupcakes in a row. And my excuse is just to get them out the house. Okay, that is not glory unto God. Okay, it's glory unto my taste buds. And it leads me to pain and misery. So I'm going to work on that too, continuously. Now, um, yeah, controlling your happiness and taking care of yourself. It, the, you know, it also says to love others. I don't know where I've had that. Give me just a second because there was one verse that I really wanted to read to you all that I found that now, of course, I can't find it. All right, let's see. Here it is. So speaking of taking care of yourself and controlling your happiness... It says, and he answered, Luke 10, 25 or 10, 27, excuse me. You shall love the Lord, your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Now, the key part of that, I want to focus on the last um, five words and your neighbor as yourself. You, so in order to love your neighbor as yourself, you have to love yourself. And that was just the key point of that. In order to love anybody else, you need to love yourself. If you don't know how to love yourself, you're not going to really know how to love anyone else. And that's what that is. Now, with taking care of yourself, 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Okay, whenever you're anxious, don't ruin yourself with your worries, you know, and your just, your anxieties. Don't ruin yourself with that. Don't let that overcome you. Give it to God. Because if you're feeling alone, like nobody cares for you, he does. And like loving yourself, you got to care for yourself. Because if you have to live your life inside of your body. Your actions always have consequences. 1 Corinthians 6.20 
for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Okay, our bodies should be sacrifices, living sacrifices to God. So let's work together to be mindful of that and to try to glorify God in our bodies. We should be healthy. Our bodies should be healthy so that we can work and provide for our husbands and our family. We have to be healthy in order to do that. 1 Corinthians 6.19 Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. YOLO, you only live one life, live it up, living my best life. Well, actually, you're not yours. We're God's. He created us, and we should be living to please Him. Okay, so that's that. Moving on to the next life lesson that I've learned is that you it's very important to i know i don't know how this is going to be received by some people but you need to make sure that you are ready before you have kids i had you know i've lived life and made many mistakes and lived in sin and i have had children out of wedlock you know, before I was married. And that's not a way to live your best life. Doing that leads to struggle and heartbreak. If you think you're going to be with that person forever and you're young and, you know, you guys have a kid and you're not married, there's not that commitment and that vow and that covenant, you know, it doesn't lead to anything good. And having children is such a serious, serious thing. And that's something that I learned. I have learned over the years. Um, so what I have to say about that is that we are in charge of training our children. And as a teacher, I can definitely see that not everyone who's had children were ready to have children they are not doing the best a great job in my humble opinion who am I to judge because I'm not actually I am a little bit because I have my flaws too so I'm judging I'm throwing myself in there too I'm not perfect that's why I'm on this podcast just to encourage myself and others but when you are not ready and to have kids you are not able to properly train and give them what they deserve and that's so unfortunate and I'm not judging I've I'm going through this I've went through that too our children deserve the absolute best forms of us we deserve excuse me as I was saying um yeah, children are just a huge responsibility and having you give, you devote yourself to your children because that's what you should do. 
And when you're devoting yourself to your children, you kind of take a back seat to you. So if you're young out there and you have baby fever, I hope you are finished focusing on you and you're ready to completely focus and give yourself in serving and teaching and loving a tiny human. If you do not love yourself, then you do not need to have a baby to love. You need to master and focus on loving you first before you bring a child into this world so that you can properly train your child and love your child. Okay, and I'm not saying this out of judgment. I'm saying it out of experience. Like I said, life lessons is, a, is something I've been through. Psalm 127 verse 3. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Children, having children, it's never a bad thing. It's a blessing. It's a good thing. But what we do and how we train those children, that's where it can get dicey. We don't want to ruin our children because we don't know any better. That's why we need to love ourselves and take care of ourselves first so that we can properly train and love our children. Ephesians 6, 4. Bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Are you loving God? Do you have a relationship with him? Do you know his word? Are you able to pass that on to your children? If not, then we need to spend time with God and develop more of a relationship with him. Yeah, we can learn with our children, of course. That's what life is. We're learning every day. But we need to have a standard. We need to have those building blocks so that we can pass them on. So that we know what discipline is and what we are instructing our children in. All right. Matthew 19:14. It says, "But Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them." We don't want to be a hindrance for our children coming to God, coming to Jesus. I don't want to be a hindrance to my child because I don't know any better. That's such a heavy weight of a parent. Okay. Deuteronomy 11:19 You shall teach them to your children talking of them when you are sitting in your house and when you are walking by the way and when you lie down and when you rise all the time our life our daily experiences we are to be training our children in the laws of the Lord are you doing that because I know it's so easy to get distracted into other things. Zoning out on YouTube, getting cleaning the house, cooking dinner, going shopping. Are we glorifying God in those activities? Are we doing that? So, it's very, children, it's a weight. It's a heavy weight. It's a big responsibility. Because we are charged with teaching them and not hindering them. Disciplining our children in the way of God. It's not a joke. Amen. 
Yeah. See, it's not a joke. This is serious stuff right here. Alright, and the last thing is to love God. Okay, love God. And I've already said it before. Love yourself. It says, Psalm 1, verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. Okay, that is our delight. We should be happy. That should bring us joy. Okay, we should be quoting these scriptures, reading this stuff day and night. Because that's where our joy comes from. Right? Psalm 119.35 Lead me in the path of your commandments for I delight in it. Okay, Proverbs 15.16 Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble with it. Okay, Ecclesiastes 5.19 Everyone also to whom God has given wealth and possessions and power to enjoy them and to accept his lot and rejoice in his toil, this is the gift of God. Oh no, well I better hurry up. But that's all I wanted to say. You know, we love God and love yourself. It's so important to love yourself because nobody on this earth is going to treat you better and love you more than you can love yourself okay wait to have children if you're not ready okay wait so that when you do have them you can raise them up right and do it in a pleasing way unto God because it's he's going to point to you. You know what I mean? Mother, I'm going to go ahead and close here. But I just wanted to share those. I hope that helped somebody out there shed light, open your eyes, encourage you. You are not alone. We are all in this together. I'm not judging or pointing fingers at anybody. I'm still working on these things too. You know, we are growing in the Lord. All right, you guys, what's not seen? Another episode down. God bless you guys. Say bye.